0: Hey, this is Wayne Mulder with the On the Blue Line podcast. And if you really want to learn how to level up your life, you should be listening to the Time to Shine Today podcast with my good friend, Scott Ferguson. Let's
1: level up. Time to Shine Today podcast, varsity squad. This is Scott Ferguson. I got a treat today because he's actually a really good friend of mine, somebody that I respect absolutely immensely. He's a hero, which is a police officer. And he has a fantastic podcast called On the Blue Line. Don't go there quite yet because the Knowledge Nuggets that he drops in an interview and a little chat that I had with Wayne here um, was just absolutely fantastic. And again, his name is Wayne Mulder, uh, speaker, writer, and again, a podcast host. And He's a. He came to uh, being a police officer a little bit later in life, but uh, he's made rank pretty fast. And I'll just leave it at that. And a lot of people respect him. And his biggest thing that he wants to do is give back and empower our heroes out there because there's a lot going against them right now. And I'm so glad that they have Wayne on his side. So if you really want to be leveled up, make sure you sit back, relax, break out your notebooks or digital note taker because ne- Wayne has some serious, serious knowledge nuggets. And if you liked the episode, please hit the like button, subscribe, all that jazz. It really helps our sponsors and affiliates. So without further ado, here's the host of the on the Blue Line podcast and my good friend Wayne Mulder. Let's level up. Time to shine today, podcast varsity squad. This is Scott Ferguson. I got, it's actually a pretty good friend of mine as well. Um, he is uh, a, a fellow podcaster. He has a fantastic show on the blue line, but don't go there yet. Cause I want to hear you to hear what uh, my good friend Wayne has to say. And he is a law enforcement officer, speaker, writer, and again, host of the, on the blue line podcast. He's an advocate for law enforcement officer, total health programs, which in this day and age, I'm not going to go political. But it's needed. And especially the, the mental hygiene and uh what we need for them to you know stay in shape both mentally and physically, Wayne is, is all about it. And he's really about empowering the blue in their personal lives. And I'm so blessed that there's people out here in this world breathing air, like my good friend Wayne Mulder, to do that. And Wayne, if you don't mind, please introduce yourself to Time to Shine Today Podcast Varsity Squad. But first, what's your favorite color and why?
0: well ironically my favorite color was blue long before law enforcement so <laughs> it, it just kind of segued to that when I was a kid it was green and went to blue and the why I don't know maybe it's the royal part maybe it's the uh the male part I have no idea but it's hey, always we, been a favorite
1: we reside in Florida man and we have these oceans things it's nice and blue right that, that helps And out. there is something about <laughs> blue like your water You're absolutely there, right bro I like the setup that you have with the bookshelves and you know it's it's like, I wish I had that instead of this green screen sometimes, man. but no, that that's awesome. But Wayne, let's get in the roots, man. You're a police officer. Like when, when did yes. you start getting, you know, into the business and being a police officer, brother?
0: So uh, I have just pretty much uh, finished my 11th year in this career field. So uh, it's something I came to later in life. I was in my early 30s when I uh, came into law enforcement, which usually people with that story came from something like military service and so forth. But that wasn't my story. I uh, went into the business world, thought I was going to put plants in the ground. And uh, I did for many years in landscaping. And then that uh, didn't work out when the housing crisis hit Florida, as I'm sure we all remember. And then that is what led me to law enforcement.
1: Okay. And was it an easy process to to get into law enforcement being older, for lack of a better term, you know, just kind of getting into that, that, that world, that business of serving the public was did people look at you and say, man, you're, you're 30 something years old and you're just getting into this where they questioning you. So easy was definitely not my story uh partially
0: for a few reasons uh first of all the landscape company that i'd been running we ended up losing so you have all the headaches that come with that as far as uh debt and so forth so that obviously looks like a negative potential negative but then you also had the fact that i didn't have a college education or anything either and there's Mm. been a big push a good push in recent years to really bring in uh, law enforcement officers who have college degrees or at least some level of college credit starting a career and being in the landscaping business and being a business owner, I always had that mindset that, you know, the, why get the degree until the need was there. Uh Since then, I have uh, fulfilled that. But at that time, I had it. So that was kind of what led me. Um, And it just, no, it wasn't an easy process. In fact, there's a longer story to even segueing into law enforcement, if that's something you want to hear. Absolutely. About. Let's hear that, man. Yeah. So. Again, landscaper, love to work outdoors, love to work with my hands. I thought that was going to be my future. So when I started looking at what is something more secure, more set, my obvious inclination was start looking at FWC because I'm down here in the beautis- beautiful state of Florida, as are you. So I started looking at Fish and Wildlife Commission thinking, hey, I can work outside. Well, the state was having the same hiring issues that everybody was mm-hmm. when the housing crisis took place. And it was a two-year process. To get through their hiring process to get a job. So I actually put myself through a local law enforcement academy. And that's when I met law enforcement officers and said, you know, I like the boring parts of law enforcement. I like writing. I like talking to people. I like, you know, in your 30s, it's no longer about driving fast and having shining lights. Right. You start enjoying these other things. So that's what brought me. and then there was a lot of affirmation type things that happened as well where I just show up at a random prayer meeting one time by an invite, and the guy was like, uh, "Have you ever thought of law enforcement?" Mm. <laughs> and I was like, uh, funny thing, I'm trying to go down that road and then fast forward a year and a half from that moment that and I hadn't met him before that evening. That minister ended up working at Disney with one of my first zone partners. Neither of whom I'd met previously, they're both at Disney one day and it's like, hey, we know this guy, this Wayne Mulder that is uh, from the, uh, is not working with me in any way. It just became an affirmation that I was walking down the right road. That's beautiful, man.
1: It's awesome how God puts people in your life or people out there that are listening, your creator or or, or whatnot, puts people in your life. And you had the intuition, if you will, to really kind of follow that gut feeling of you know him in the in your calling and the pulling that that's awesome man and and so what do you love most then about law enforcement because i know you said you kind of like the boring parts of the paperwork and whatnot and serving and being friendly with a smile on your face and whatnot but like what do you like most about it
0: yeah i i it's cliche, right? When law enforcement officers come in this career and you sit them down, you know, you're having an oral board or whatever, and you're talking to them, hey, why'd you come in this career? And the cliche is, you know, to help other people. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that's very much what I love about this job. I I talk, uh, you mentioned early on, you know, wellness and so forth. And there's something I talk about, which is called academy resiliency training. And I teach the spiritual wellness portion. And one of the things that I mentioned to them is this concept that, hey you have the privilege of being there at just the right moment when someone's having the word, no one calls law enforcement on the best day of their life, right? You know, you're not calling us and saying, Hey, you know, everything's going great today. I just want to see how you guys were doing. Usually it's the worst moment of your life in one way or another, either you're the victim of something or something occurred or you need help or whatever Mm. it is. And so to be able to be interjected into that moment where you can make a difference. Now, granted, I can't solve you know, something tragic happens, I may not be able to do something that's going to solve that problem. Mm. But by my presence, I can bring something into that moment that hopefully will make a lasting difference. So honestly, that's what I love about it, whether you look at it from an investigative standpoint, where I have the ability to try to solve something for you to, you know, bring some justice if if you can, or from a leadership standpoint, where you can be a mentor to younger people and to really help them find the path as well. So
1: Oh man, that's that—that's one of the best answers that I've ever heard. Honestly, man, in over like four hundred interviews, dude, about you know being there at that moment, and as a coach myself, people yeah. don't just say, "Hey, dude, I, I want to coach," and they spend thousands of dollars, right? They they're going through something, and I feel privileged. I'm gonna steal this, man. I feel privileged <laughs> to be able to be that person, their light, their guide, and then not solve all their problems, but to get them into the right mindset for that transformation to reach their ultimate potential. That's, that's amazing, Wayne. So, you know, you've been in there 11 years now and, you know, you, you probably have people that kind of come up and I heard you kind of say mentoring and whatnot. What do you think maybe are the biggest blind spots of a rookie cop?
0: So I think that when you talk about, Blind spots. Honestly, people are overwhelmed when they first come to the career. That is one thing I think the public uh, and the listener, it's good to kind of understand all the different roles, all the different hats that a law enforcement officer brings to the moment, you know, at one minute you can be dealing with something that's, you know, seemingly innocuous, seemingly benign, you know, it could be as simple as, it, you know, the proverbial cat stuck in the tree kind of call. I've, I've literally fixed sprinkler systems on the job before. So, I mean, you, <laughs> with your background. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So, you know, that it can be something like that. And then next minute it can be the kind of tragic things we see on the news every day. So yeah. understanding that. So I think when you talk about mentoring uh, younger people, it's first of all, understanding the totality of the job and learning to be able to seamlessly move be- between those certain roles and be able to be, you know, it really is a customer service business. My one of my first jobs was working at Kmart. So um I really many times go back to those foundational years of 16 to 20 years old, working as a department manager at Kmart for right. really the basis of how I come to this career. You know, it's a there's a lot of similarities there. Thank you. I yeah. think the second and most important thing is the officer wellness portion. Fortunately, there's been a big push towards that, but you mentioned me starting the podcast and I did in 2019. And the reason I did that is I was getting to that seven to eight year mark in this career. And I began to understand that I saw changes in myself. I saw things that I was beginning to get concerned about. I saw the way that I reacted to things. I've talked before about, you know, coming home and like watching loved ones sleeping. And you sit there and stare at their chest to see if their chest is moving and stuff. Because of so many of the negative things we see on the job, you start to find yourself in those situations. So that would be the second component. In fact, that's why I'm a big uh that's why I'm involved in the thing called academy resiliency training. Cause the idea is as we start early in their career, giving them the tools and resources to be resilient. It doesn't mean you're not going to face problems. Resiliency right. is the ability to spring back. It's like right. a rubber band stretched to its nth degree, and then you let it go and it mm-hmm. returns. It's we're all going to face the problems. It's how you react to them and how
1: you are able to work through them in the future. And, and- I love that you said that because as a police officer, you're not just a law enforcer. You are sometimes a marriage counselor, you know, you're, you know, a referee, you know, there's yes. so many different hats that you wear. Um, and, and that, that's, thank you again for saying that. And Wayne, when maybe again, I'm going to go back to the, cause you're in the position now where you're mentoring the younger police officers are coming up. It, Is there any good question that you wish they would ask you, but never do? Mm, That's a great question, Scott. Or maybe you wish you would have asked your mentor.
0: Yeah, I think I would have, you know, and and funny thing is with this newer generation, because we're of an older generation and now Gen Z is coming into this career. So you've got guys, you know, the same age as my son um, that I, and so a lot of times you feel like it's a fatherly type relationship that you end up having just because of the natural age differences. And that's part of that natural progression of being later in life when I joined the career. Right. I think too, I think a question and it's not specific enough. So maybe, but it's just that general question of why, which they do more intuitively, but Mm -hmm. understanding why we do what we do, understanding, why we react in a certain way, what what that greater impact is. It's kind of like what you brought up with the statement that I made in reference to being there in the moment. When we ask why law enforcement acts and reacts in a different way, and we understand that it's not just simply we do this because Florida state statute says this, a general order says this, a directive says that, you've been in that military world. You understand that, yeah, that is ultimately, that's the Bible, if you would, in that world. You're going to do it because of that. But there's reasons behind that. And those are the greater reasons. That's what inspires it. That's what gives you your why. So I think that understanding that better earlier in my career would have um would have provided for a more natural segue into just why I did the job as opposed to just another profession
1: or I just show up and do my 12 hours. <laughs> the why is everything, you know, no matter why And it's just it's a it, it, that's exactly what I was hoping to hear (laughs) uh, the answer because there's there there was a, a militant part of it where you have to be in your line of work but there's also I heard compassion empathy and sometimes I feel that that's missing in any kind of service oriented business I don't care if you're serving food at a restaurant you know what I'm saying it's like you have to have the empathy you have to have the compassion, whether it's for fellow workers or for, you know, your clientele that you're working with. That's awesome. So, Wayne, have you seen the movie Back to the Future? I have. Okay. It's been years. Yeah. Let's, you know, I, I know how old you are, but I'm, I'm going to say let, let's go back to the the double deuce, the 22-year-old Wayne Mulder. What kind of knowledge nuggets, that's what we call him here at Time Show today, what kind of knowledge nuggets might you drop on the 22-year-old Wayne? To maybe help him not change so much, because your journey is pretty unique, but to maybe help him level up, last through, or maybe shorten the learning curve just a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think for me, um, at that point in my life, I was too geared on career and I was too geared. my. It, Previous, I don't want to mention his name, because if I do, it becomes instantly political. But a a businessman out of New York wrote some great books that influenced me as a child. Mm -hmm. And those books really is how I saw myself. I thought for sure, you know, I was going to be a deal maker. I was going to build this business. It was going to be in all these different states and so forth. And that became my focus. And so I focused so heavily on that working the, you know, we would laugh and joke in those days about landscaping by headlight. And we literally would. We'd get contracts where we're putting trees in the ground with the headlights of trucks on. In wow. doing that, I lost the focus for family, for my son, for now, fortunately, I've been very fortunate. I still am married, still have my son still have the relationships. So, I, you know, in the end, it all kind of works out. But if I was going to go back and talk to 22 year old me, it isn't so much about balance. I don't personally believe in the concept of work-life balance as it's often portrayed because you can't do all these things right but we have a time such a time that we have to do this or we have to focus on that but not forgetting those more important things whether it's family community and really wellness and building
1: around those concepts no i actually speak on stage about balance is junk believe me because balance is zero right that if you look at a scale balance you're zero. so I was taught by my mentors and my coaches that it's about harmony, right? It's like I liken it to a jazz band. Like you know, each person, each one of the eight areas of harmony, would be like God is one, personal growth, family, community, work, money, living environment, and health and recreation. And let's just say that the 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 fan, God is the drums, or spiritual is your drums. Health and recreation is the guitar. You know, your business is the horns. And if any of those are out of tune, it sounds like junk. But if you can find the harmony within each one of those, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, not everybody's a Mozart that's on the piano, right? Or whatnot. But they're if they're good enough, then you have that harmony. So thank you for saying balance is not the, the way to go. And, and I'm a full believer in that. And I'm not knocking anybody out there that says balance is the way to go. I just respectfully disagree with you. <laughs> and so Wayne how do you want your dash remembered that little line in between your incarnation date and your expiration date hopefully it's way down the road but your life date and your death date how do you want that dash remembered on your tune song
0: when I was a uh, younger my father was always a big uh listener to like uh, Zig Ziglar and other speakers of the time and so I grew up listening to a lot of these tapes and a lot of things and um The Zig Ziglar Corporation, and one of the quotes that he often used and became their mission statement was, you can have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. And I've had that quote written on when I was uh, owner of a landscape company to what I'm doing now. It's sitting in my office at work. It sits above my fireplace, bro. I know I
1: live in Florida. I have one, but it sits there. Yeah.
0: I think you should have a fireplace in Florida, but that's a whole
1: different (laughs) conversation. But no, it's literally, that's up there. I'll take a picture and send it to you, man. Man, I I believe it. And to
0: me, that's the focus, right? I want at the end, like you said, peripherally, it will be decades from now, but Lord knows it could be five minutes from now because that's the reality of life. Yeah. But I hope that in that moment that I made a big enough difference in enough other people's lives. And I know, again, it sounds cliche, but that is really
1: the focus of many of the things that I try to do. Love it, man. I love it. So what do you think people misunderstand the most about Wayne?
0: Um. I don't know. That's an interesting question as well. Uh, in the environment of law enforcement, I think that sometimes there's just a negative connotation that comes with the job where we don't see the person. Really? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Again, so we're, we're leveling up here. So we're talking and we're, we're speaking the future we want to see. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes people see the badge, they see that. And I, I get it. Again, it's just the worst day of your life. Yeah. So you're going to, you know, there's so many horrible stories out there, sure. but to that end, you do really, we do a disservice when we don't see anybody, whether it's our firefighters, our military, anyone in uniforms of any type, when we don't see them as the person
1: that wears that uniform. Right. It, it, I love that. Cause I've, I've been blessed to have met you a couple of times and, you know, I observe people, you know, that's, that's my thing. You know, I love to observe and I see you you I'll, I'll, I'll glance over. We had dinner at, at Podfest, man. Yeah, and you were so ingrained in everybody's whoever was talking, you were locked in. I could tell that, and that, and I really respect that in a human being. And then you, you know, you're, you know, Squat. He's kind of like a stoic guy. He doesn't have too much to say, but when he talks, people like kind of listen. And I really, really appreciate about that about you, Wayne. So you know, some of the observes, and that makes to me a great cop because, you know, people are going through the worst day of their life. You're not going in there with preconceived judgments. You're going in there to find the facts, listen, and then respond and not just react. And I, I do respect you for that, brother. So Thank you. Wayne, what keeps you up at night? Well, ironically,
0: you would be the private flip side of this uh, conversation is just the future. Of law enforcement, you know, sure. where, where are we headed, where are we going? And, and again, we're not gonna go down those dark roads, but yeah, it it does concern me a little bit and what that future may look like. Because again, sure. in the state of Florida, it's a 30-year retirement. So theoretically, I have another 19 years to go. Right. So what does that future look like? And then what does it mean for the uh younger people coming into this career? And then what does it mean for society? So I'd say that Thank
1: thinking you. is kind of what keeps me up. Thank you for saying that because like yeah, we had our Nintendo and we had our Sega and whatnot. Maybe even PlayStation One. I mean, I believe you're probably almost ten years behind me in age, but we kind of are still the same generation Xers yeah. that, that do stuff. And a lot of the, the these kids are locked into these one shooter games or personal shit, whatever. There's nothing wrong with them. I'm all about capitalism and selling video games and everything like that. Yeah. But they've got to be reminded, if especially if they go into law enforcement, this stuff is not real, bro. You know, they they have. Do you ever notice some of these rookies that are kind of coming up, you know, in a generation behind us that they have a different mindset where they're maybe invincible? And because, you know, you play those games, you get killed. And guess what? You're hit reset and you're good again. Like, do you see that a little bit or do you guys train them to say, man, this is real and we need to uh, take this very seriously?
0: So the training process is over a year. Um, mm-hmm. Comparing it to the military, it'd be like kind of basic and your MOS all kind of rolled into one. Oh, yeah. Like uh, but it. yeah, it's yeah. a year to a year and a half process. But that being said, I maybe a little bit, just because in general, this generation, honestly, let, let me answer this in two ways real quickly. Uh, the <laughs> you first can half, be blunt, Wayne.
1: I'm good with that.
0: Well, I, I like <laughs> what you're saying. I haven't specifically seen that. Where we're seeing the biggest deficiency is communication. Okay. So much so the ability to do this. So, so much so that the state um, Mm. actually changed and added communication exercises to the curriculum so that they began to learn to have dialogue. But to the video game thing, I just want to quickly mention where I see a bigger issue. And actually I saw this anecdotally with my son is the not understanding the decompression mode. So again, I've got nothing wrong with them. Big capitalist. But I was watching one of the, the games my son was playing, which was one of these first per- sh- person shooter games. Yeah,
1: first. Yeah, and right. he
0: was in an incident not all that different than a tragic incident I was involved in. And I said, son, we don't roll from this into another one. <laughs> we right. have like an entire decompression, like, you know, you're talking to someone, There's there's a lot that goes into it, because the same dopamine, the same rush that he's going through, mm is happening, but then it immediately rolls into it again, immediately rolls into it again. So that's where I see the biggest concern
1: and where I try to interject that there's nothing wrong with that. Strong, bro. It is. That is strong. You just mentioned something also that's even better than the question I asked. Is that we, when we were younger, it was like you just met at a parking lot or or a baseball field and figured out what you were going to do. Right. There was now, you know, like, okay, I'm from Detroit and a lot of my, my people my age and 50, you know, they're executives in the big three now, you know, Chrysler, yep. General Motors, Ford. And they're saying that kids are not driving their car as much anymore because when we were young, we drive our cars to find the parties. Right. So, which put miles on them, which means you would have to buy another car sooner. Now they're texting, be like, oh, parties at Wayne's, you yep. know, or it's here. And it's just a communication. Is so AI now compared to what it was when we are in the the police officers need to know that when they walk into a house, they're talking to a real person who's having the worst day of their life. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Uh, thank you it, for saying that and bringing that up, bro.
0: And everything's predicated on that. Cause when we talk about de-escalation, when we talk about all these things that we want our officers to do, it, the
1: bottom line is your ability to have the conversation. That, that's awesome, man. That, that's fantastic. Wayne, what is Your definition of a life well lived. I would say it's um,
0: a life well lived is a life that's lived in service of others. And again, that's kind of been a theme throughout this thing, but I would say that really is the point because it's the only thing that's going to outlive you. I mean, yeah. the podcast is probably going to go away. Something else comes out and we're not doing digital downloads in the same way the eight track tape went away. <laughs> you know, Someone may hold on to one, but you yeah. know, none of that may last. Who knows what the sure. future brings when it comes to technology, chat GBT or whatever might be yeah. doing our shows for us here in another,
1: you know, sure. six months. You, you, you just nailed it with you know, I learned it from Steve Barber, someone that's one of my coaches, you know, you know, he said, do what you love in the service of people that love what you do. Time to shine today, podcast, varsity squad. We are back and Wayne, you and I, we've met up. We've already talked about a few of these questions before one-on-one, but and we talked maybe 10 minutes on each one, but today you have five seconds to answer them with no explanations. They can all be done that way. You ready to level up? Yes, sir. All right. Wayne, what is the best leveling up advice you've ever received? Be the guy willing to raise your hand. Oh, sure. What are your personal habits that contributes to your, your success? Uh, consistency. Beautiful. You see me walking down the street or, you know, I'm coming to meet you, man. Fergie looks like he's in his doldrums a little bit, not feeling it. What book might you hand me?
0: Um, Relentless Courage by wow. uh, Sergeant Michael Segur. Beautiful.
1: Put that in the show notes, time. Thanks. Um, most commonly used emoji when you text? Uh, little guy with the sunglasses. <laughs> Nicknames growing up?
0: Uh, Wanger, anything that rhymes with Wing, which by the way, there's a lot of them. <laughs> chess checkers or Monopoly? All, chess all day long um, and then occasionally Monopoly. Marty Pants. <laughs> Go to ice cream flavor. Ooh kind of a plain vanilla guy
1: me too dude i will because i can put anything i want on it too exactly there's a sandwich named the wanger build that sandwich for me brother oh
0: it's gonna have to be something in those uh heart-stopping meats like (laughs) salami Uh, you know you just gotta
1: get a lot of salt in there (laughs) put a little man candy a little bacon on there too right (laughs) there you go (laughs) love it favorite charity and or organization like to give your time or money to Um
0: of course, the kind of question that makes your uh, mind go blank, but any of the many of them that are out there uh, helping law enforcement officers, mm. especially the ones that are dealing with mental health type concerns,
1: especially the ones that are legit. A, we live in Florida. It's a sunny place for shady people. And sometimes, but thank you for saying that, brother.
0: You're absolutely right.
1: Um, last question. You can elaborate on this one, my man, but what's the best decade of music, 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s?
0: So I was a country guy. So okay. I like. The 80s and 90s country. I kind of thought like that was the last heyday of country music.
1: My whole family were sharecroppers in Alabama and they moved the industrial north to work at General Motors, Chrysler, and Ford. And I grew up on country and then I kind of pulled away from it because I rebelled when I was in the military. Right. But now my woman, Susan, who you met, yep. um, is the country. So we hit up every country concert we can. And she's got me into this modern country. But if I go back to the 80s with like Alabama or even Ronnie Milsap or Something like Absolutely. that. And you get into the '90s with Aaron Tippin and you know stuff like that. I actually, listen to it because a lot of the guys I served with in the military were legit cowboys, right? Like right. they would ride bulls and stuff, dude. Yeah, like when they got me on one one time. I have a video that I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> and those it's, were the
0: days of Chris Ledoux too.
1: And oh, yeah, that's when actual cowboys were becoming musicians. Chris Ledoux and and um, what's his name, Uh John Anderson, and which did a little cowboy and but then. And Susan and I are locked into this Yellowstone saga, man. Do you watch that? Love it. Yes. yes. Fact, Sunday. That's my favorite comes, from comes back. Sunday. Does Spencer, does Spencer come back and save the day? I love it, dude. I'm stoked. I love it. So, Wayne, how can we find you, my friend?
0: Uh, so, the easy way is on theblueline.com, O uh, N yeah. on, on theblueline.com. And
1: we're on all social media at On the Blue Line podcast. So you have to to listen to the show. I've, I've checked out pretty much everything that kind of comes across my Spotify feed from him and also his YouTube channel. He has some really fun shorts and, and the interviews are there as well. And Wayne, if you could do me one last solid, leave us with one last knowledge nugget we can take with us, internalize and take action.
0: You know, I think, and this is usually again become kind of trite but it's okay to not be okay but it's not okay to stay that way and I think whether you're in law enforcement or not in law enforcement we all have bad days we all have struggles it's okay but it's not okay to stay there get the help you need and uh, let's move forward or as you would say let's level up
1: love it and squad like I had such a fun conversation Wayne and I were like how are we going to take this conversation you know but it was actually so easy you know he he found law enforcement later in life, you know, through the work of God and guidance and the person he met at the prayer meeting and just got him really leveled up. You know, he's a person that loves to work with his hands and this way he gets to work with hands to help people in their worst moment. And like he teaches it and it's taught, you know, through the academy resiliency training that, you know, you had the privilege of being at the scene in the person's worst moment and making their day a little bit better you know, and to solve their problems and to bring justice. You know, also that a a cop wears different hats every day, just like kind of it's a real estate broker, like we're marriage counselors, we are, you know, psychiatrists and stuff that aren't even licensed. And we actually have to do that. And if you're looking to become a police officer, you know, understand your why. Why do you want to become one? And if not, you know, just kind of figure that out because it's a very important, I lean on the blue. I lean on the police to make sure that we're safe and people let them feel better with people like Wayne that's out there, you know, protecting us. You know, Wayne is a person that failed. Let's just admit it. Let's throw it out there. He failed at his landscaping business. But the thing is about Wayne is he failed forward and Wayne's a winner. You know, he didn't make excuses. He made adjustments and that's what winners do. And as Zig said, you know, Wayne kind of brought out what Zig said we can get anything we want by helping other people get what they want. I mean, my boy Wayne is planting trees. He's never going to sit in the shade of, you know, because he does what he loves in the service of people that love what he does. And lastly, remember it's okay to not be okay, but if not okay, to stay there. And if you're there, reach out to Time to Shine today. I've interviewed over 400 counselors, coaches, even myself. I would love to be able to help you level up and reach your human potential as well. And I know Wayne's podcast does that as well. He, he brings that that spotlight on an industry that needs it in the good part of that industry. And when you level up your health, you level up your wealth, you're humble, yet you're hungry. I appreciate you coming on. You're in your varsity squad letter here at Time to Shine Today. I absolutely love your guts, brother. Thank you very much. It's been a privilege. Chat soon. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Time to Shine Today podcast probably brought to you by Sutter & Nugent Real Estate, Real Estate Excellence, who can be reached at 561-249-7266 and online at www.sutterandnugent.com. If you're a business owner or professional who would like to be interviewed on Time to Shine Today, please visit timetoshinetoday.com slash guest. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts.